Welcome to the Beauties Podcast, where we talk about everything you need to know about women's sports. From the grassroots to the pros, we got it all. Today on the show, we have two new sport interviews with a commit and a recent grad, an LPGA hole-in-one, and our March Madness plans. Here are your hosts, Addie and Cowie. Okay, episode 16, looks, feels, everything about it is different. I am sitting solo in the studio with fancy new lights on my face. I feel great about it. And Ads is at home sitting on my phone via FaceTime because of the good old pandemic. What a time. What a time. I'm there in spirit at the beauty sports desk. Honestly, buddy, I'm just going to scooch this chair closer to me. It's got your sweater on it. It's got you. Oh, right that spirit. feels good. I that miss feels you. feels good right there. I miss you too. This is, you know what? We are dedicated though. We figured out a way to get this done. And not only this piece of it where it's us, us talking, but two interviews. I know, which again, felt <laughs> weird to do by myself, but we had some great guests today. Those both young women um, are so well-spoken and I can't wait to just continue to follow their careers. I think that's one of the most fun parts for me is follow their careers, have them back on the show, whatever the next steps are, whether that's life or sports or whatever, right? Well, and I think that that was one of the coolest parts about having, you know, Mia and Lila on is Mia is just at the beginning of her youth sports career, just getting into it, just went through that whole process. And then Lila, you know, had an incredible career at U of R. And now we get to see the progression of that after U sports. So, yeah, very two completely different takes and so fun. So, So, yeah, it was super fun. One basketball player slash model slash taekwondo black belt which also <laughs> mind-boggling in mia and then lilla yeah just an incredible career and you know she touched on which we're going to get to hear coming up in the show on it was a weird thing for her through the pandemic and you know thought she was going to step away from the game and then made the decision kind of last minute to come back and had one of the best careers she's her seasons of her career right so so yeah it was great yeah, and that that whole perspective I think is like an insider's look on what it truly was to be an athlete to go through the pandemic and essentially when you're in it it's your life. Yeah. And then for them to be like, "Oh, take Hard a year halt. off." It's like, "Whoa, that's that's crazy." Yeah, that's absolutely. Crazy. Absolutely. So getting stuck in your house, did you get to watch any more sports this week or what? It's been on TV constantly. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, like very strong positive is that, you know, sun up to sundown, I was able to watch pretty much everything, you know, huge LPGA uh, tournament happening this past week with uh, Nana Cortez Manson coming out with the win at the 2022 Honda LPGA in Thailand. And she she just crushed it. She did unbelievable, 26 under. Um, and her fiancé, this was, you know, now I could get into the nitty-gritty detail. <laughs> yeah. You know, her fiancé is her caddy. Yeah, which that is, like, that's special to me. That Because Ashley and I often say, so my wife is a teacher, and I work on a sales team in the egg industry, farming industry. Um <clears throat> And I love her very much. She's an incredible human being, but I don't want to work with my wife. I don't. Yeah. And I think that that is a very unique, special situation to have your partner caddy for you on the LPGA. Oh, man. Must be a special relationship. That's cool. 
Well, I was just going to say, because it's, it's not even like a sibling rivalry, you know, no. like Brooke and her sister that they have when they're on the road together. It's yep. like, this is your fiance. I know. Like, you got to get in bed at some... the end of the night. Like, that's yeah. the thing, right? <laughs> there, could you imagine, like, you're disagreeing on what club to use on the 18th and, the, you know, like, yeah, it's I just know. such a different dynamic. I thought it was so cool. I didn't, I didn't realize that at the beginning of the tournament and then they did this whole thing on them and they, you know, they took the picture together at the end with the, with the trophy and all that. And I was like, that's a pretty special moment too, right? Like you get to travel the world together. You get to be in all these tournaments together. Yeah. Um, I thought that was a pretty cool thing. For sure. We saw glimpses of that too at the, at the Olympics this year, right? There was actually a handful of partners and in most scenarios they, they weren't on the same team. And so that was another thing for them was like being weeks and weeks apart. But I think to experience, you're right, experience something um, that significant in your career, winning, you know, for in the case of, of Nana and winning a, a championship and, and having your spouse beside you is, is incredible. You, oh, for sure. And then even, sorry, like even looking at the major events that happened throughout that tournament, like Danielle Kang. I know. A hole in one, baby. Do you remember? Do you, you remember know. when Sass was golfing in the Tamarack? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Twelfth hole. I know. And we all mm. witnessed it and then lost our marbles about it. Can you we imagine just... doing that on the LPGA tour? Oh, it's unbelievable. Hundred and thirty-two yards with a nine iron. Um, hole number eight. Just. Like one of those things that you know that that's going to be stitched in her mind forever because it's like that does not happen very often. I know. And left her in the top 10 again. Again. And Brooke Henderson again. I know. These women are just, yeah. I They will for sure win a a tournament this year, no question. Both Kang and uh, Henderson. They're just too dominant right now to not come out with a... Well, yeah, and and that's the thing. I think Kang, for what we saw her to start the season winning, right? Right, right. And now it's like, oh, you know, but top 10 is... Yeah, I agree that Brooke, we're going to see her in that number one spot sooner than later here. She's golfing really, really well. Absolutely. And so that that was amazing to watch this past weekend with... And like... Just thinking about all the kind of big headlines that happened this weekend with, you know, with the NWSL, with Delta, yeah. you know, signing on as a major, mm-hmm. uh, well, the official airline of the NWSL. Yeah. And that was a big conversation that we had last week with the WNBA and the chartered flights and yes. things like that. And then the NWSL comes out guns blazing with Delta. Yep. They get a new commissioner. Yeah. Saw um, that too. You know, and Jessica Berman. Yeah. Right. Yep. So I'm like, holy man, there's there's so much movement across all the leagues right now. I know. And well, and that's I think, you know, we're probably going to see the domino effect of the WNBA taking note of the position that the NWSL has taken here with the Delta Airlines partnership. You you got to hope we will. And then I think great news in that Jessica Berman edition, right? She comes out of being the deputy commissioner of the National Lacrosse League. And so it's going to bring a ton of experience that I think the NWSL will certainly needs for one. Um, but I hope we continue to see. I love I again, I love the female leadership. And, and I think that's another positive note. The NWSL this year has done a lot of the right things. eh? 
Oh my gosh, the 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 two new franchises coming yeah. in with very strong mm-hmm. ownership and leadership in those yep. organizations, like the amount of support, the CBA, now a new commissioner. It's it, you're right, that domino effect is happening in such a positive way in that league that yeah. it's going to be it is yeah, it's going to be awesome and I agree with her already having that experience from uh the National Lacrosse League. That is just going. She's going to come in guns a blazing. Yeah, she I knows agree. exactly what she needs to do, right? Yeah, and it doesn't matter what sport it is. There's parallels. If you've worked in professional sports and and at that level, you can bring all of those transferable skills into soccer, which is going to be awesome. Well, yeah, and like huge name being brought into the NWSL there, and then even in the PHF, a huge hiring with, uh, you know, Boston, Willie O'Ree, the legend they brought onto the front office of the Boston Pride. Like, holy man. They, like, all, and just like we were just saying, all leagues across the boards are, like, in in full throttle right now. Yeah, it doesn't matter where you're 100 percent right. Like we saw the rivalry rematch with the PWHPA in Pittsburgh. We it, it's everywhere. The, and yeah. we've said it before, but I feel like we understated it a few episodes ago. Or we I think I said it like the momentum is so clear. But doesn't it over the last two three weeks even it feels like we're just on this upward tick. Oh yeah. We're in, we're in complete overdrive right now. Complete overdrive because even with that, the, you know, we were very interested to see what was going to change within the NCAA, um, March Madness for women this year. Mm -hmm. Like we were all going to be all over that. And so, um, it is, the brackets are going to be revealed tonight. Yep. And the first time in history, it will mimic the men's bracket know, to a T, which is huge. So what that means for everybody is that before this March Madness, the women have had kind of a different uh, bracket, but now it's going to go to for the first time, 68 teams will be involved. 32 teams automatically get their bid for winning their conference tournaments. And then the remainders are at large. So that actually happens tonight, Sunday, um, where they are going to be announcing and revealing the brackets. And it's just such a monumental day for D1 basketball, women's basketball in general, because it shows what happened last year mm-hmm. with Sedona Prince was maybe arguably one of the biggest shifting points for equality oh. in D1 to happen yet. Like, in yeah, I would say in. I mean, I'm not going to sweep that statement of in history because I haven't read the history books. There's got to be monumental things, but specific to basketball and specific to female sports in general, in the way that she was, and that's one of like. There's lots of pros and cons of social media, but how quickly that information spread. And also the response and how quick NCAA responded to that and doing their whole inquiry and things. And now to see it one year calendar year later, and we have an exact parallel to the men's, which is exactly what we need it to be. The same thing. Exactly. It just needs to be the same thing, but their own identity, which we talked about too, which, you know, they're in different places. They have their 
different logos. logos. That's right. Yep. But it's, but it's organized the same. And it's the one thing that I've always absolutely loved about CrossFit. Yeah. CrossFit when you get to, yeah. yeah, yeah. When you get into the CrossFit championships, it's the same. It's the same workouts. It's yep. everything is the same. It's just the men's division and the women's divisions and they're respected equally. And that's the, that's where it needs to go. And that's where that change needs to happen for sure. Is it, you know, so this is a huge day for women's basketball, huge day. And, uh, I cannot wait to watch it tonight, the bracket. And we still have to get together and, uh, do our old, uh, bracket. We're good. Well, we got till Wednesday, right? 16th yeah, is, Wednesday. is tip off. So, um, yeah, we, well, yeah, we might have to do it again like this over FaceTime, but either way, we're doing it before Wednesday, March 16th, because, uh, that's a must. That is an absolute must. And then also the WNBA draft has been, um, it's on April 11th from 7 to 9 p.m. on ESPN. And that's like when we watch the lottery, you mm-hmm. know, the mystics are coming in hot. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's also going to be perfect timing because the championship game for the women is on April 3rd. Mm-hmm. Literally, bingo, and then you're right into the WNBA draft. I think it's scheduled and programmed flawlessly. Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> um I know we got a couple of notes, but I, I was, you know, local, local Manitoba girl, Ashton Bell came home with an Olympic gold medal, member of the UMD Bulldogs. I saw on her social media, she made a surprise appearance as she was on her way to the, the rivalry rematch in Duluth and man, Bulldogs showed up back to the frozen four. They go, uh, yeah. which was, was wildly, I, I think Probably there was a lot of skeptics that didn't think that they were going to be able to do it, but they're back. What, what a wild ride Mm -hmm. that has been deciding that frozen Four, And I would say maybe the biggest game was Northeastern beating Wisconsin. Mm -hmm. I agreed. Cannot believe like not saying that Northeastern isn't a strong program. They're incredible, but Wisconsin when was That's the last time Wisconsin game. wasn't in it? Well, yeah. Like I don't actually know the answer to that, but it feels like a long time ago. It feels they've like been in, they've had an incredible hockey program for woo, a long time. Wow, wow, yeah, that was to see to see that come out and Northeastern pulling it out that's yeah. a that's a monumental shift for that organization huge. for that team huge huge. huge. Um, so before we get into the interviews. Cause I know that, uh, you know, you had such awesome conversations with them. There is one thing mm-hmm. with my time being spent at home. Yes. That I, uh, which I found out that I just need to get off my chest. Cal, okay. Okay. Talk to you Tell, about fill it. me in. What's up? So the Olympics, right? right? When you go to the Olympics yes, and you make it onto the podium, yeah, you make between 10,000 and $20,000 per appearance. So depending on, you know, gold, um, silver, bronze, you know, all that kind of stuff. Right. Okay. So I'm watching the Paralympics. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And I do some research and I'm scooting around online. Yeah. Zero dollars for them. If they make it to the podium, no money. Paralympians receive zero dollars 
when they make it onto the podium. Well, that's an and, issue. And I, I literally like sat there and I was like, that Who can't pays be right. Them? Who pay when? Okay. Let's rewind for a sec. When Olympians get on the podium, is this their, their own countries pay them? Do we know? I think it's the Olympic committee. Okay, then that's an even hu- more humongous problem. I'm going so to they look just into make that. Make the conscious choice to whoa. Okay, we're going to research that because um, if that is the case that the IOC pays Olympians and not Paralymp- Paralympians, that that needs to be a story we talk about a little more. Yeah, no, for sure. I got to do a little bit more digging as to where the funds come from. But it was like just it was an article that came up and I read and it was it's confirmed that when they make it to a podium, zero bucks. And I just thought, what a what a hard thing to comprehend. (laughs) I couldn't I couldn't believe it. I I couldn't believe it. I agree. That's a that's a that's a very hard thing to comprehend if that is the yeah, we'll dig into that. Because though we talked about it, and I've watched lots of Paralympics this week, it they're they're incredible athletes. We said that last episode, and they absolutely deserve to have a paycheck if they make a podium, just like anyone else did in the Olympics. Agreed, agreed. <laughs> so it's out in the universe now. If any of the listeners know any more yeah. about that, please feel free to reach out because we will we'll be doing some digging because that blew my mind. I couldn't believe it. Yeah, yeah. No kidding. You know what? And it's, there are, we, we talked about that last episode. It's, it is harder to watch the Paralympics or there's less news about it. And it sure as heck reminds me exactly of view sports. Right. And so we talked about that last week, just how challenging it is to follow U sport athletics. And so our attempt, and we talked about this off the top of the show was to start to talk about U sports. So I had the pleasure and I'm saddened that you get, didn't get to join today but i had the pleasure of of talking to two lovely individuals so i think we're gonna jump to my conversation with amelia bandman also known as mia who's worked for you Addie, and she's a a lovely young lady from here in winnipeg who is is pursuing a, a basketball career at ubc next season so i think let's jump to that what do you think i think that sounds awesome can't wait to hear from it all right. So today we have, we're super excited that we actually get to talk to two individuals throughout the course of the show today that are U-sports athletes. First up on the show, we have Amelia Bandman, also known as Mia. Mia joins us on the show. She is a UBC Thunderbird commit, a six foot one, which makes me feel really short, Mia. Postguard <laughs> has put up incredible numbers, which has landed her an opportunity to pursue post-secondary next year at UBC. Welcome to the show, Mia. Hi, thank you for having me. Oh, I'm so glad you could join us. I, I, you know, Addie and I, last episode, we were talking a lot about uh, U-sports and how sometimes it's really hard to follow U-sports. And so this is kind of our way to get to talk to athletes who are going to pursue that. We're going to talk to a, another individual today who has had a great U-sports career playing hockey at the University of Regina. But I'm so happy you could take the time today to join us on the show. Yes, of course. <laughs> you bet. So... Um, you know, one of the things when we were looking you up on the internet, cause that's kind of one of the first things that's easiest to do. Um, mm-hmm. the first thing that jumped out to Addie and I is in your profile, it says that you are a tap 
athlete, a targeted athlete of Manitoba. Can you explain like, what is that? What does that even mean? Yeah. Um, so TAP is a club team now. It used to be called um, CP for Center for Performance, but it has recently kind of changed its name. So it started off as more of just a training program where they would take um, their tryouts and they would kind of form a team that would train throughout the weeks. Um, and then the girls would also play on other club teams and compete against other teams in the province. But it has now become kind of a club team. And that is kind of where I started my club basketball career, I guess. Um, I had started playing for TAP in my grade eight year. Yeah. And I've been with them ever since. And they have kind of developed me from being that new beginner who hasn't really touched a basketball to kind of the player I am today going on to play for university. No kidding. Yeah. Okay. That's right. Yeah. I mean, I love that. I think that's something, you know, I was obviously, uh, I didn't play basketball. I'm, I'm too short for basketball, but I played hockey, <laughs> played a bunch of things. And I just love the targeted direction of that, right? Where you had, obviously you've, you've kind of grown in a program. You probably have a ton of friends you've built inside of that program. And, and obviously you attribute a lot of your, your basketball growth to that. So yeah, I appreciate you Definitely, sharing. Yes. Cool. So, uh, I, I do have, you know, we, we, checked out some of your stats and I think they're uh-huh. they're super impressive you know 23 points a uh-huh. game average 67% from the free throw line 63% from the field you know field goal range 14 and a half rebounds um what do you attribute most to the success that you have had outside of obviously developing developing through tap but what do you think can you know made you the basketball player you are today um well definitely I think The most important is kind of the love that I have for the sport and the hours of dedication that have kind of come from that because you can't really do that if you don't enjoy what you're playing. And then also just my teammates and my coaches, I think over the years I've had to kind of play many different roles depending on what team I'm on. For sure. And I have gotten kind of tips on how to do the little things and how to contribute to my team in whichever way I need. And I think I've just taken those over the years and brought them all together to kind of lead me to the success that I've had. I love that. And I think it's one thing you notice and you'll notice as you continue to grow up through sports. And I I think about all the things that I've learned through sports that you don't even know you're learning through sports. You just get to Mm -hmm. learn them because you have a passion for the game. And then someday you'll sit in a chair and have a, a job and and look back just like I do now and think like oh man I think sports is such a blessing and I think yeah you're clearly super grounded and have a great approach to to what's made you who you are so yeah it's definitely changed who I am both like on and off of the court yeah totally and just yeah. a different level of confidence too right when you believe in yourself Yeah. Okay. So I'm going to, I'm going to jump away from sports for a second because I've also heard through the grapevine that you actually also have a a modeling career happening. (laughs) A, how do you, you know, how do you juggle that, um, with being an elite athlete? Yeah. Um, it's definitely hard sometimes. Um, like school has always been my first priority. So having school, and basketball and athletic training and modeling and having to make time for like family and friends, of course. Yep. Um, it's definitely a struggle at times and I've definitely had my ups and downs with it. 
Um, but I think it's really helped me having that kind of pressure to learn how to kind of manage my time and how to have that routine. And I've learned over the years how to do that. So Absolutely. I think, really I think, you know what, having to juggle all of that as a high school athlete is going to set you up for an immense amount of success being a student athlete at a university level because you've already mastered it. It's just now, yeah. you know, evolving it to a new place with new people and new challenges. So. That's Definitely. that's great. I, w- I do want to touch on, you know, your commitment to to UBC. You know, what was that recruiting process like for you? Did you know, was was that a standout when you did you get to go on a, a visit? I know COVID probably threw some wrenches, but how was that recruiting process for you? Yeah. Um, so I had actually I'd reached out to UBC um, kind of last year in my grade 11 year. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I had it was actually the old the previous coaching staff so okay. there's just a switch in coaching staff yeah so i had talked to the previous staff and then once that switch happened i kind of transferred to coach aaron who's there now right um and i was able to kind of get on the phone with her learn what she wanted and she could learn what i was looking for um and i was actually able to go out there this summer which was really nice awesome. i got to meet her and some of and the rest of the coaching staff and some of my teammates next year. Yep. And it was a really good environment. And I think that was something that really pushed me up and seeing the school as well, the beautiful campus. So it is. I that definitely helped. I know I've been, uh, my mom actually did some schooling out at UBC when I was growing up. I think she did her either master's or PhD out there, but I've, I mean, you can't find a nicer place. And after spending the winter that we've had here, like <laughs> you've got to have a level of excitement just to get the heck out of Winnipeg and get oh, the yeah. summer well, nicer. I will, will not miss that minus 50 degree winter. <laughs> no kidding. I'll be honest. <laughs> no doubt. Do you know, like, you know, what size of recruiting classes come in with you? Are you going to have a bunch of first years along with you or, or what size of recruiting classes coming in? Um, there are four of us okay. this year. Very cool. And three, three had graduated last year. Okay. Oh, this year, I guess. So three are going out, four coming in. Amazing. Um, but it's a pretty young team, especially with COVID. I think lots of people are in the same place with that because yeah. people have lost that one year. So their last year's class is actually made up of two years worth of athletes, right? Yes, exactly. So. Yeah, no, it's, I know. I it's um so happy that you're going to enter into university and in a time where I think you're going to get to thoroughly enjoy it and hopefully leave a lot of, of the rules and regulations that we've had to live through for the last couple of years behind and just get to play your sport and be an athlete and student. Yes, I'm definitely, I definitely have my hopes up. For sure. Looking pretty good. <laughs> for sure. Well, I can't thank you enough. You are an incredible young woman. I can't wait to follow your career. I, I wish you nothing but the most success. Um, when you get out to BC, Addie and I will for sure be following you, but I can't thank you enough for joining us on the show. Thank you so much. Okay. Take care. All right. Bye. Okay. Ads. I got to talk to you about one thing that stuck out to me from my interview with Mia was her conversation about time management. And I think that's something I want to talk, talk about it because I think that's something that I'm not sure we, we do uh, justice for our athletes who are are leaving, whether whatever sport that is, and the fact that Mia r- understands that of herself, that her modeling career, her academics, going to St. Mary's Academy here, um, 
being, you know, in Taekwondo and now in high level basketball, like she basically has prepared herself when her family and her people around her have prepared her for what's going to be a probably a very successful U sports career because she's already a student athlete as it sits today. She's got the skills. I, I completely agree with you. And it's funny because it's skills that you you learn throughout high school and all these different situations that you don't even realize that you're learning. Mm-hmm. And it just comes so natural to her. And for her to speak so easy and, and like free going about having such a, you know, obviously putting emphasis on a schedule, you know, it's going to be what would be a very easy transition for her than somebody that hasn't gone through challenges. Like, I don't want to say challenges because it doesn't seem like a challenge to her at all. No, right? no, she but makes it. I just, and I also, I just think she's, it's like so mature of her that it caught me off guard because I know, I know of, of course, I'm not surprised that she's a mature young woman, but for her to associate those two things together already, I think, um, yeah, it just it gives it caught, her a leg up. Does because man, I, I'll I'll be the first to say I wasn't good at it <laughs> when <laughs> I left high school and went to university. And you're juggling your academics and your practice schedule and workouts and all of those things. It's a lot, man. Well, and, and when you think about it from the perspective too of all those different aspects of now you're going into a competitive environment, right? Because mm-hmm you're you're traveling like that's part of the piece of the pie too that a lot of people forget about when they're like oh yeah no I can you know handle workouts and games and things like that it's like okay well now handle it when you got to get on a flight at 6 a.m you have to have your papers in by noon you got to play at four you know and so I think I think she's gonna have such a easy transition just based off of her past. I agree. And I, I, one thing I did say to her, um, I'm excited to follow her. And I think that's one of the most exciting things about now us, um, really putting in a a concerted effort to make sure we stay on track with U sports too, is that going into, so we've got, um, two months before grad, what are we March, April, May, June, three months before graduation, Mia on the show. And I can't wait to have, after her first year through her, if she plays five years through her fifth year of basketball on this show, because I think it's going to be so fun to watch um, her evolve and grow at UBC. I'm excited about it. I I completely agree. And my, I'm going to say this because I thought it was so awesome when you're going through her stats and stuff. Yeah. So she's six one, right? Yeah. Wingspan six Six two. two. Gets a couple, gets an inch. Yeah. Every inch counts. You, you and I, you, I've done this. Any fun fact of all the people who know me in this world, I am not tall. I'm like 5'4". My wingspan, 5'10 and a half. <laughs> yeah, you've got some uh, I just got got a wingspan monkey on arms, man. It's the only reason I'm a good <laughs> hugger because I just wrap you. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Yeah, yeah. no, me is an absolute beauty. Um, she's going to do great things at UBC. Yeah. And then, you know, it was, that really led me into the next conversation that I got to have with, with Lilla Carpenter Bosch and Lilla was the opposite end of the spectrum, right? Where we talked to, um, Mia who is entering her first year at UBC and Lilla who 
decided to to come back for a sixth year after a pandemic year of of no sports so i think it was two sides of the coin and i hope that everyone enjoys the time that i I got to spend with lilith because i think she's gonna do amazing things in this world all right so earlier on the show today we got to interview a a girl who's gonna leave high school and head to university and now we get to talk to a seasoned veteran lilla Welcome to the show. I want to give you a little uh, pump your tires here just a little bit to get you fired up. Lilla has had an amazing season this year with the University of Regina Cougars. She's a hockey player. She posted 19 points this year. And just we just saw some news that you were selected as a first-team All-Star from the booming metropolis, which I have driven through once or twice in my life, of Gray, Saskatchewan. Lilla, welcome to the show. Wow, thanks for having me. <laughs> yep. You gotta yeah. love the, the intro. Always makes you feel real good, doesn't it? Super awkward. Yeah, I'm blushing. Over here, so. <laughs> <laughs> I know I should have had you on Facetime. Oh yeah. no, I appreciate you coming on. I'm sure you know not necessarily the way that you wanted your season to end, but it had to be nice getting back on the ice after uh, a hiatus because of good old COVID, right? Yeah, definitely. I think that year kind of really let a lot of people almost transform you know their play too and by the time the season started everyone was just ready to go and I think we had to be happy with the outcome whatever it was because it's more than we got the year before so it's just really nice to be back yeah that's a great I think that's a great perspective and that's one thing you know maybe that uh, a season like COVID did do for us is is put a little put it into perspective how privileged we are to get to play a game we love right yeah definitely cool so you know, you were obviously, for anyone who doesn't know, Gray is, well, how far? Well, not far, far southeast it's about, of Vagina. Yeah, it's about like 20 to 25 minutes southeast of Vagina. It's like 120 people. <laughs> Pretty small. Yeah, it makes my hometown of Surus, Manitoba, which is like maybe 1,500 people, seem like a city in comparison to where you grew up. But you're yeah, obviously... Go ahead. Sorry, no, I was saying, yeah, it is definitely a small town, that is for sure. But, yeah, for yeah. sure. So had an awesome career with the Regina Rebels. You know, my my spouse is coaches the Winnipeg Avros, so I've, I've got to watch okay. a lot of Rebels games over the years. Unfortunately for the Avros, sometimes those don't go their way. That's a really strong <laughs> program that they have there, but you put up almost a point, for, point per game in your time with the Rebels. Um, yeah. You know, obviously being close to Regina, was U of R always the top of your list to pursue a post-secondary career, or what were you know what went into making that decision for you? At the time, I like I wasn't really like I want to stay in Regina. I want to go to a specific place. There wasn't really like like a sole location I wanted to end up. I think I just wanted to go where you know I was wanted and like where I felt the environment was already a positive one I got to meet a couple of the players and since I was already nearby like I I could work out with a few of them and there's just a lot of really nice older sorry um a lot of older players that were really inviting initially and then at the time it kind of just seemed like the right decision I also think my mom was pretty happy um that I stayed home because uh, I have two older sisters that also played um, in the CIS, so I had one sister who played it for UBC, um, and one sister who played at Nipissing for two years. So they're in opposite conferences: the Ontario Conference and then CIS West. Yeah. Um, and uh, my sister was like, "You can't play on the same team as me. We're not doing that again because we all, we played on the Rebels together." And I was like, "Okay, fair, fair." So <laughs> I just want to 
I wanted to do my own thing and I wanted it uh, kind of to go to a place that was mine and, you know, I could make what I wanted for myself. And, uh, yeah, I, I'm, it worked out nice. It's, it's nice being home, close to home. Uh, my mom can talk. Tell me when she's going to Costco, so yeah, uh, some groceries from yeah. it. So that's that's a huge perk, but and in the end, it ended up being really amazing because it allowed my family to see a lot of games and, and be really involved. Where you know, when my sisters played in, in UBC and, and in Ontario, it was a lot harder for my parents to be able to go out and watch. So sure. I think this is really important for yeah my family just to be able to come on support and yeah they come to pretty much every game no matter where it was so no doubt so did you ever are you the youngest are you the oldest middle where did you get to play against your sisters at all yeah i'm the i'm the youngest uh yeah it's older sisters my middle sister i played with on the rebels so her last year was my first year okay and then my, and her name's joelle and my oldest sister jenna i played against her in university so my first year of university was her last year at ubc so, and we played them four times, right? So we, those were always my favorite games in first year because I was going up against my big sister and I knew a lot of the players on our team because they were kind of like, I used to fangirl over UBC for a while because my sister was on that team. So it was cool getting to play against all her friends. Um, but obviously I was also wanting to win and maybe knock my sister down a few times. But <laughs> Did, How are the outcomes against your sister? Uh, they're always, UBC was always like a really strong team as they are now. They, yeah. uh, they're pretty incredible, but, um, I, I don't think my first year, I don't know. I can't even remember the scores. I remember they're always tight games because, um, the Cougars, we always like have really intense games against UBC. I, I feel like they might have won more on us than we did. Um, uh, but, you, but as long as you got your knock in, I know, right? Yeah. As long as you got. Yeah. I mean, I'm not even. I was. I was just like thinking about how like intensive games were, and like clearly it was like a battle. So that's. I can't remember the score, but I can just remember like yeah, it was just like a fun game going into it. Absolutely. You you'd always know. That's amazing. I wish I could play my sister. She's. Uh, I'm the. I'm the older of two girls, and so, um, she didn't pursue any post secondary afterwards. Mm-hmm. But we grew up kind of same. Same story as you. She's two and a half years younger than me, so, we we got to yeah. play together um, more often than we got to play against each other. That's for sure. But that's mm-hmm. that's awesome. That and what a great experience for your parents too. Yeah, it definitely was. Like my, and I also have family who live in Seattle, Washington, so they come up for our games in UBC. And my mom actually, um, she made these jerseys half green, half blue, and she okay. sewed them together. Yeah. <laughs> and she could get her whole family to wear them because it felt like they could decide who to cheer for. But uh, that's awesome. <laughs> so they're cheering for cheering for both teams yeah. essentially. Um, but it was it was pretty enjoyable. I, it, you kind of forget now how that first year was getting to experience that for sure that's that's awesome I think you know I do want to touch on I want to come back to this year because I think for you obviously you would have been a leader in that locker room and and just the performance that you had this year putting up incredible numbers but you guys had an enormous class of rookies come in this year you know 14 players Um, some of them that I've got to watch for the last few years and, you know, Trinity Grove played for the Avros for my wife and Chase Grabba's from my hometown. So there's some local connections for me there. Um, Mm -hmm. what was that like for you? You know, having, having to obviously be in a, in a leadership role in that dressing room with a whack of young (laughs) players. 
it was just really interesting because half of those players are like technically second years, but they're still rookies, right? Because we right. didn't have the season before. So there were, we did practice for two months, like the year that COVID got canceled. So I did get to know um, quite a f- few of the players, but then, you know, everything got shut down. We were doing like Zoom meetings and like you can't really connect with players and people as much over Zoom, obviously, in person right. is ideal. So, and I also was technically done hockey. I came out of retirement to play this year. So I actually technically quit and then came back. So I wasn't even in the loop all summer. A lot of people didn't know who I was going to this year. And I kind of just showed up one day. <laughs> and started meeting everyone and yeah you're right there's a lot of new faces and I was like okay I don't know anyone's names because I haven't really um been in the loop with anything I just kind of showed up um but it was like pretty incredible because there's there's players that I did know last year that I became really close with this year and then when you think about um how many rookies we had this year and how important they were um like with us throughout the game like they had a pretty I think not, I don't want to say a heavy load, but they obviously like performed really incredibly for like being first years because the level of play is, is it increases a lot from um, the university. Like obviously, um, you know that. And then um, we had our, our first year goalie who's starting Arden, and she was incredible. Like you said, Trinity was incredible. We had um, like a lot of those players on the power play too, um, in our rookie class. So it's, it's honestly really exciting. I kind of wish I, this was on my sixth year and it wasn't done because like, you can just see there's a really good young core right now and a lot of really strong players that you're hoping it's just going to go up for them. And the next yeah. few years, they can just have a really strong young team. So, uh, Absolutely. it's, it's mostly just, it's just pretty exciting. And I hope I can watch, um, watch it happen. No doubt. Yeah. Okay. Let's talk about that. What's, what's the plan now? You, you're going to graduate with what from university? Um, so I graduated last, last year. So the winter 2021 semester with a, a business degree, um, with a major in marketing. Okay, cool. And then this summer I are, sorry, this year I came back and I was finishing a public relations certificate. So I had like three classes left I need to complete. So I took two of those courses, the uh, fall semester and one this semester. So that's what I'm doing, finishing that. And then I'm really trying to figure out what I'm going to do. Um, I have been considering, if I want to play overseas and there's a lot of kind of, there's a kind of a process that goes into that. So like mm-hmm. a lot of networking video, reaching out to people who's going to respond to you, right. Cause they have their own seasons going on. There's also mm-hmm. a huge time zone difference. Um, but that is something I'm really, I am really interested in whether it's like super competitive league or if it's uh, just an experience. I think anyone would agree if they could travel abroad for a year, um, and taking a new experience and they should. And if I have the opportunity to do that, I, I would really like to do that. Absolutely. Um, and I, yeah, you know, I'm going to say that as a, as someone who came out of university and went straight into the workforce, I came home and I think I was unemployed for a grand total of three weeks <laughs> and then really? started into professional life and, and, you know, still played casually with my friends but I would encourage you and I'm glad you're taking the time to think it through because I think it's an opportunity and now more than ever right I I mean we're going back now 12 years for me when I graduated from university Um, hockey has evolved so much in that time and if you have an opportunity life life will always be here adult world will always be here jobs will always find you Um, if you have an Mm -hmm. opportunity I'm glad you're taking the time to consider them all because I think it's a sport that has given all of us so much and to be able to take that on and, and continue to do it while you just, you know, get to live your life and grow up. 
Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, I totally agree. And I'm not rushing into the workforce by any means. I'm like, no, I do not want to do this right away. Yeah, well, you got a good life degree. Is, You'll find a job. Life is, yeah, life is too short to work all the time, though. So, For sure. Yeah, and either that or I'll hope to travel a bit this summer, too. Um, before life gets too serious. So. Absolutely. Good for you. Yeah, I do want to ask you also just about this season. I know I've briefly swept it over, right? I've said, yeah, 19 points. You were selected, uh, you know, as the first team All Star, which congratulations on that, by the way. But thank you. Just want to ask you, obviously. So we've heard you. You thought you were going to call it quits, and you came back. You had a huge rookie class of kind of a mixed bag of first and second years, but first year on the ice kind of thing. What do you attribute? Was it just time? Was it experience? What do you attribute to having such a successful year this year as you close out your eSports career? Uh, I think for me, it was like, it was just kind of like a wake-up call. I was like, if I'm going to do this, I have to do it like 100%. So I I don't know about you, but I gained a lot of weight over COVID because I was sitting at home doing nothing all day. Um, And hockey was over. So I was like, if I'm going to do this, and come back, I want to be better than I've ever been before. So I like started like changing my diet completely. I trained with my like personal trainer, uh, Stefan. I worked with, worked out with him since I was in like 11th grade, kind of on, on and off. And I was like, this is what I want to do. Like, I want to have my best year yet. I want to like, how do we do that? So we started in like March working out, um, like three to four times a week and just like pretty hardcore workouts, like everything, cardio, lifting, everything. Mm-hmm. And then we just, and then I just started kind of like losing weight and also like that's a huge part of it. But then my kind of confidence started building as well because I was, um, just feeling like mentally stronger. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm someone who like my mental health was like always kind of something that was hard to navigate through the earlier years. And I think that was a lot, uh, attributes a lot to why I wasn't able to perform as well. Cause I was kind of in a, in a mental space that wasn't completely confident and wasn't completely inviting. And this year I was like, I'm going to create a mental space for myself. Um, that is going to help me, you know, flourish as <laughs> weird of word as that is rather than, um, I knocked myself down because I think I was someone who did a lot of negative self-talk and it was harmful for me. So I'm like, this year is very different. I'm going to do it this way. I'm going to be positive, as positive as I can. And I'm just going to like be proud of myself for whatever steps I take or for whatever, whatever I get in return for the work I'm putting in. I'm just going to be proud of it. And um, I, I ended up having like a lot of people in my corner that were like super supportive and it almost got to the point where I'm like they're more confident in me than I was yet but it was like really incredible because over time it kind of just like like reflected onto me and I was like okay I'm confident now and it didn't always start that way but then uh, we won it went into the season and the more games I got in I was like oh my gosh I'm like I need to shoot more <laughs> like yeah. I, I actually can score quite a bit and and then it just kind of kept like spiraling from there and I was like I was just building like more and more confident as we, as we go. And I just, I'd never been that confident before. Yeah. Um, and it was like a bit stressful at times cause we weren't really in a playoff spot, but I just, I just kind of had this like faith that like, we are going to make playoffs. We are going to do this. Just like stick to the course. Like mentally you're strong enough to deal with this. You just got to like keep pushing for it. And that was just kind of like the mindset was just to be in a, in a better, better mental space this year than any year before. Absolutely. And I think, I mean, it's an incredible way that for and perspective that you've gained for a, a young adult 
to, I think, recognize that. And I think that's part of, you know, again, back to the growth that you experienced through through your time at, at U of R. Um, and an incredible thing for people to hear that I think, you know, and we're seeing it more and more. And Addie and I have talked a lot about it. And I think it's it's only positive. Just the ability to have a conversation. Let's be honest. We're basically strangers. To have a candid mm-hmm. conversation with, with a stranger over the phone on a podcast that's going to live live on the internet that's, you know, people around you can see. I'm super proud of you for sharing that because I think that so many people need to hear it. And I think you've done a a ton of work for yourself that other people are also going to see and um, hopefully give them some confidence too to see you grow. So thanks for sharing that. That was great. Yeah, of course. Okay. What else do you got in your mind, Lila? That's all I had on my list for you. I appreciate you coming on the show. I appreciate you, um, your willingness to be so open and candid. Is there any last words that you want to share with anyone listening? Mm-hmm. A little plug of U of R or anything like that before I let you go? Uh, I feel like I should be giving a shout out, but I guess I'll just give a, give a shout out to my Cougs and our future Cougs. And I think just women uh, athletes in general, um, I think it's really important. Obviously, this is what this podcast is about. So um, just continuing to uh, uh, strengthen the women's game and promote it because y'all are incredible. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. I think that's a great way for us to end this. I can't wait for you to come back on the show someday, Lila, uh, soon. And whether that's as just a person in life or if you pursue hockey further, stay in touch with Addie and I, and we'd love to get you back on the show. Awesome. Thanks so much. All right. Thanks for joining me. Have a good one. Okay. Bye-bye. Yeah, she she is going to be a special person in this world. And and like I said to her in our interview ads, I can't wait to watch her. If she does pursue, you know, hockey past now, whether that's overseas or someday in the PHF or the PWHPA, um, because she's incredibly grounded. She talked so openly. And like I said on, on our interview, we're essentially strangers And she is willing on this platform that is going to live on the internet for her peers to see and hear to talk about her own journey with her own mental health and understanding that that was one of the places she needed to grow. And she used to be hard on herself and she went into this season, which is largely what gave her, I think, the competitive edge to put up great numbers and be a first team all-star in that she was willing to just take everything in stride, whatever she achieved. She like, it was a focus on her own mental health. And I think that's a message that whether you're in sports or out of sports, everyone should have heard. Yeah. And I, I agree with you. I really hope she continues. There's such a world of amazingness when you follow sports after, you know, your university career and, you know, and she's, she's doing this, she's heading up. Yeah. Right. And, you know, who knows where that could go. If she continues that, you know, that work that she put into herself leaving in arguably the best year of her career and taking that same mentality and, you know, growing it in a different league, I think would be super special, but I think you're, you're bang on in, you know, the, the, openness to talk about the actual challenges that come to play when you are an athlete and you're playing at such a high level needs to be talked about more like a lot more when it comes to high level performance yeah because i think that we've seen it a lot in professional 
women's sports and we've seen it a lot through we have seen it through U sports or i think about ash's hockey team you know triple a levels um I, I the world is a beautiful place in that way where i think it's changed a lot even since you and i were in the sport where people are a lot more willing to talk about it it still breaks my heart the fact that you know you were showing me earlier today the video of naomi osaka having to address fans in the stands at a professional tennis tournament because she was being like, she was visibly upset. And I, I don't know. I wish the world was a more beautiful place than that, where someone is doing something they love and then feels like they just get shit on for it. Yeah. And then had to take a timeout in the middle of the match to just kind of refocus and, uh, you know, kind of get back into where she wants to play from. Mm-hmm. But then even in the, in the interview at the end, she says, you know, like I've watched a video of Serena and Venus playing here where people were just ridiculously heckling hazing, them. heckling them. And they have, you know, they never really will want to play there again at Indian Wells because of the heckling and things like that. So, you know, there's uh, talking about mental health. It's it, it is definitely you're right. Becoming a lot more open and accepted and that's the direction that it needs to continue there's no question and it hits everybody different so for Lilla and her experiences and what she needed to get through um, it just shows when you put the time and effort into yourself Mm -hmm. and you start finding that love and that passion for the game again good good things come out of it right yeah absolutely absolutely couldn't agree with more with that well, this has been the strangest episode yet. Episode 16 <laughs> will be in my memory bank for a long time because it is a lonely desk. <laughs> when oh, you I sit, miss it. I know, but we will, I can't, I'm glad you're not feeling too bad. We will get you back in here next week. So ads, we're going to reverse the roles this week because it only seems fitting when everything is off and this episode has felt weird that you are not going to ask me. I'm going to tell you, even if you're not here, you feel felt like you were here, and I want to give you the opportunity to end off the week by saying, Addy, final words. Oh, wow. That, uh, that feels good. Um, well, obviously, huge thank you to Mia and Lilla for coming on the show with us today. Two unbelievable athletes with great perspectives, and, you know, it's something that we are going to put a very strong effort into is putting more effort to youth sports, making sure that those athletes' stories and, um, you know, everything that they've done throughout their career are being followed, watched, listened to. And um, thank you to everybody. Once again, um, this is just the best time of the week. And we cannot wait uh, for everybody to hear our interview next week with Jacqueline Hawkins, who is going to be unbelievable as well, too. So thank you, everybody. Thank you so much. And thanks for uh, rolling with me this week, Cowie. I appreciate Uh, it. It's been an adventure, bud. I love you for it. We'll chat soon. (laughs) All right. Have a good one. Take care, folks.